you'll know we're going through the uh, the book of Philippians. And uh, for those who are visiting or new, um, we have arrived this morning uh, at Philippians chapter 2. And you'll see that we're, we're at chapter 2 verse, and we're going to read from verse 19 through to 30. Um, and we're going to look at two characters in particular that are of influence and have been pertinent to the life of, of the Apostle Paul, uh, Timothy and Epaphroditus. So um, so we, we're following on from the passage last week that Joy shared, we're, we're shining as stars, and, and this passage is, is all to do with, with um, two guys in a church being sent and, and sending, and it's all to do with, with going from one place to another. So we'll read it through from verse 19. Paul is saying, I hope in the Lord Jesus to send Timothy to you soon, uh, that I also may be cheered when I receive news about you, for I have no one else like him who takes a genuine interest in your welfare. For everyone looks out for his own interests, not those of Jesus Christ. But you know that Timothy has proved himself because as a son with his father, he has served with me in the work of the gospel. I hope, therefore, to send him as soon as I see how things go with me, and I am confident in the Lord that I myself will come soon. But I think it is necessary to send back to you, Epaphroditus, my brother, fellow worker, and fellow soldier, who is also your messenger whom you sent to take care of my needs. For he longs for all of you and is distressed because you heard he was ill. Indeed, he was ill and almost died. But God had mercy on him, and not only on him, but also on me, to spare me sorrow upon sorrow. Therefore, I am all the more eager to send him, so that when you see him again, you may be glad and I may be less have less anxiety. Welcome him in the Lord with great joy and honor men like him because he almost died for the work of Christ, risking his life to make up for the help you could not give me. Okay, so there's two characters involved in this, Timothy and Epaphroditus. We're going to come on to Epaphroditus in a bit, but I want to make some points today um, initially um, with regards to Timothy. We're going to look really at three characteristics today. Um, having a shepherd's heart, proven character, and having a sacrificial heart. So we can look at this passage, and you know, by way of introduction, I could say, well, it would be very easy to say, well, this is about being sent and sending um, churches and places over great distances. You know, Paul's in prison, um, and Epaphroditus comes from the, from, from the Philippian church. And it would be easy to, to read from the passage. Um, and we could look at, you know, go, going to stories of great missionaries that were sent and, and, and to and from and, and people that were given their service over long periods of time. Um, and whilst it would be easy to talk about uh, those great missionaries, those great men, men and women of God who've, who've been called to, to be sent from one place to another, primarily I don't think this passage is really about that. Um, I think it's more, what I want to, to, to emphasize on today is more about the character and the servant-hearted nature of, of Timothy and Epaphroditus. Um, I think it's really about the type of person that God uses 
and understanding why Paul was in a position where he could trust Timothy to go back to the Philippian church and, and why also Epaphroditus, he could say, I release you back. Why is it that Paul has there's this trust, there's this sense of character that enables almost a brotherhood between these saints to, to enable people to be sent in, in full trust of, of, of who they are wi- within the churches. So just want to look basically at um, the first point then. We, we, we're going to look at having a shepherd's heart for others. Um, so just, just to by way of a background, we just, just need to be reminded um, the connection between Paul and the Philippian church. So by way of a reminder, you'll probably know that Paul and Silas first visited Philippi in Greece during Paul's secondary missionary journey around the the time of AD 49 to 51. And for those of you who don't know, Philippi was in what we, the region of East Macedonia, so sort of Northern Greece today, but it was East Macedonia. Philippi was also the location of the first Christian community established in Europe. And Paul um, had, had a real care and love for the church. It was the first church that was established in that place. Paul and Silas went there. You remember there was a lot of trouble when they first went there. And uh, it wasn't easy. They under, underwent some persecution fairly quickly. Um, there was some spiritual opposition. Uh, and they overcame that. They, they were put in prison at the time. But there was that sense of them overcoming that. And Paul and Silas and the other believers and, and the, the team there um, established the church there, and Paul had a great affection for the church in Philippi. And he'd not seen them for a while. He'd not seen them for a while. And he, he almost uh, there's, that, there's that sense of, of, of having a shepherding heart, of caring for them. The sense of them saying, I care for this church, I love this church. A shepherd's heart. Timothy also had a shepherd's heart. We read in the first sections, we look at 19 to 21. Timothy, you see, sincerely cared for the believers in Philippi. We read, um, I, I hope in the Lord Jesus to send Timothy to you soon that I may also be cheered when I receive news of it. For I have no one else like him who takes a genuine interest in your welfare. Timothy takes a genuine interest in their welfare. Why is that? Why is that? Why did Timothy sincerely care for the believers in Philippi too? Well, he was a member of the team, of course, that first preached the gospel in Philippi 2, along with Paul and Silas and possibly Luke. Timothy was there and witnessed the church's founding and Paul and Silas' imprisonment. We go back to Acts chapter 16, when Paul is first introduced to Timothy. Why is this significant? Well, it's significant because what I'm saying is Paul is not randomly sending Timothy. It's not like Paul's saying, I'm going to send Timothy because I have no one else like him. I'm getting desperate. Paul is not desperate. Timothy is not desperate. There's a sense here of Paul is knowing exactly who he's sending. He's sending someone who he trusts fully, but he knows that Timothy cares too. And the reason that Timothy cares is he was there himself. This is not kind of some random mission. There's a sense of Timothy too was brought into this. He really understands the nature of the church. Timothy sincerely cared for the believers in Philippi. He was a member of the team that first preached there too, as I said, in Acts 16. But Paul is introduced to Timothy in Lystra initially. So who was Timothy? Let us remind ourselves, what is it about Timothy's character and shepherd heart himself that, that, that lends him to the, the type of person that Paul wants to send back? So we know 
we've probably been reminded of this previously. We know that Timothy, of course, had um, a, a mother who, who was Jewish. In fact, grandmother too. We're both strong in the faith. But his father was Greek. What else do we know about Timothy? Well, we know that Timothy was around about 25 years younger than Paul. There was quite an age gap. And Paul was a father figure to, to Timothy. Timothy was almost kind of the adopted son. So when Paul talks of father, he's not, of course, talking about natural fatherhood, but this kind of adoption of this young man, a very young man, uh, m much younger, who almost, uh, Paul was a, a real father figure to Timothy. Timothy like his son. And, and Paul would have taken Timothy under recommendation. You know, prior to, prior to that time in Acts chapter 16, the two had never met. And there's this sense of Paul saying, under recommendation of the believers and saints, yeah, this guy is the real deal. He's a genuine, sincere man. I like him. I want to take him along on the journey. Paul cared for him so much that he realized that there was this kind of uh, the, the Jewish people in, 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 and, uh, in, in, in um, Lystra. And, and because of that, he wanted to get uh, Timothy circumcised. And that was a big deal with an animal. So it was sorted. Um, and Paul took him along. So their, their relationship begins. This, this father-son relationship that begins out of circumstances many years earlier. And Paul takes Timothy under his wing. And, and, and they're like-minded. There's this sense of, uh, of, of, of togetherness and unity from the start and, and trust. Paul takes him along. Timothy and Paul were aligned as a father and son in teaching to all the churches. We read in 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 17. For this reason, I am sending to you Timothy, my son whom I love, who is faithful in the Lord. So there's this inference again to the son, this kind of, you know, this, this, this relationship that Paul has with Timothy, almost like a father to a son. Um, for he will remind you of my way of life in Christ Jesus, which agrees with what I teach everywhere in every church, which agrees. So... I think it's important to understand that Paul and Timothy were agreed. They were unit. There, there was, there was a, a sense of them having a shepherd's heart for the churches, but they had a shepherd's heart for each other. Now, that's not to say that it was always that Paul uh, didn't agree. I mean, we, we, we know, actually, that um, it's interesting how God worked because Paul had the fallout with Barnabas. And as a result of that, of course, him and Silas went to Lystra and Derbe and had that journey. You could even say that had Paul and Barnabas not had that fallout and Paul had taken silence, would he have even met Timothy? We don't know. But God was in all of that. There was that sense of sometimes we, 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 we can't actually understand the way God works and ministers. And sometimes God's purposes come out of a sense of, of, of disunity. But the point is, is that God is love and God, God predetermined and intended that Paul and Timothy would have this dynamic shepherding loving relationship and how that came about is almost irrelevant in the end it was the fact that paul met timothy took him under his wing and they have a they have a strong bond and they're agreed i it, it says which agrees with him with what i teach everywhere in every church so timothy returned has returned to visit the church there while paul was in athens in corinth so Paul and, and Timothy would act in unity, and they would often be together. But there was also a sense of, of, of Paul often going off and doing his own thing. There was a point in Acts 18, chapter 5, where uh, Paul went off, and Timothy returned to visit the church while Paul was in Athens. Paul 
Paul, Paul, God called Paul to do something else. And then it says, when t- Silas and Timothy came from Macedonia. So there's that sense, sometimes when you, when you, when you have a, a strong bond or relationship, there's that sense of actually, let's, we have to trust someone. We have to give them that release and that sense of, yeah, I'm going to do my thing. You're going to go and you'll do thing. I, I trust you enough. I'm going to send you. I'm going to send you. I'm going to do what I need to do. God has called me to do this. God's called you to do that. Let's come back together again. Let's cheer each other when we come back. Um, and when you think about it, I- in this day and age, we've got um, the ability to speed around the world so quickly, you know, with uh, car and plane and train. But in those days, it just took so long to get around. It was this sense of, well, I'm, I might not ever see you again. <laughs> you know, um, It would have been easy to get sick. In fact, we'll come on to, a, of course, Epaphroditus later. But, you know, they, they trust each other fully. But th- in the back of their minds, they would have been, I, I fully trust you, but I might not see you again. You know, we're, we're, we're separated by such great distances and by such extreme circumstances. Um, if I don't see you, I'll see you in the, you know, I'll see you in heaven. <laughs> hmm. So we trust in God. We need each other. We shepherd each other. There's that in that sense of close, intimate friendship where we're we're looking after our own hearts, and we're looking after the hearts of those who are close to us. But in that, it's in the context of the bigger sense of shepherding and caring for the church. It comes out of that. So verse 21 um, says, um, yeah, verse 21, for, for everyone looks out for his own interests, not those of Christ. I'm sending you, back in 20, I'm sending you, for there's no one else like him, I, Timothy, who takes a genuine interest in your welfare. For everyone looks out for his own interests, not those of Christ Jesus. It's not great, really, is it, when Paul has to say, mm, everyone else is not really up to this, <laughs> you know. <laughs> um, there are other people, and, and you know, Paul is not talking about unbelievers here. Let's, let's be straight on it. He's talking about other, other believers, other saints. And he's saying, um, I trust Timothy. Timothy's up for the job. I d- I'm not really too keen on anyone else at this moment in time. Um, now, I don't think Paul is necessarily talking here. Previously, we read about... Um, those who are preaching Christ out of envy and selfish ambition. I don't think necessarily Paul is talking about those particular people, though he may be. I think he's just generally talking about other saints who he just doesn't have the relationship that he's got with, with Timothy. And, uh, and pa- you know, Paul's not criticizing these people. He's not saying, you know, I can't send them because they're, 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 you know, they're totally useless. He's saying, actually, no, um, I trust Timothy. There's no one else like him. Um, there's no one else who I care, sincerely trust and believe who can take the message back to you like Timothy. I fully trust him. Paul and Timothy, you see, lay aside their personal interests. There were other people that knew Jesus, had given their heart, preached Christ, maybe had gifts and talents and abilities, but they didn't, they didn't have the relationship that Paul and Timothy had personally. But also, there's something about Paul and Timothy where... Uh, their their sole focus, their sole their sole purpose, was just to preach Christ. The, the, the mission was Christ. It was nothing else. There was no self interest. And you know, Paul had been through so much persecution, had been in prison so much that, to be quite frank, you know, I, I think how could anything else be of be of fo- fo- focus or value to him? 
Paul and Timothy laid aside their interests for Christ's command of making disciples of all nations. You know, and Paul, Paul at this stage is under house arrest. You can, you can always feel himself saying, I, I want to be there. I can't. <laughs> but I'm desperate to be there. I, I, I've, I've still got the drive. I've still got the passion. I'm in prison. I'd love to come to you. My case is not yet decided. I can't come, but if I could, I'd be there in a shot. I want to be there. You know, um, it's like a retired sports star. It's like this, this, this guy who's been at the top of his game and has, has performed at the highest level and um, who's, who's officially and technically retired um, but still fancies himself a little bit. And he's like, he's saying, you know, I can do this, but I can't really. <laughs> but it's, it's kind of, you know, it's that like, I want to get back out there. I, I want to I be part of the game. Um, but at the moment, I just can't do that, you know. And he, and he says, okay, I can't, I can't play. I've retired in, in a way through circumstances. But, but this young man who I fully trust, Timothy, he's very much a player. He can play. He's involved. And I want to send him. So uh, this command of, of making disciples of all nations, are we willing to do the same? Do we have self-interest that prevent us from fulfilling the command to take up our cross daily and follow Jesus? Let us pray today that God will show us ourselves any self-interest, anything that prevents us from having a heart of a shepherd, of caring. So my second point really is to do with proven character. So there's that sense of a shepherd heart, but also that Timothy had proven character. Verse 22 to 24, we read that, um, but you know that Timothy has proved himself because as a son with his father, he has served with me in the work of the gospel. I hope therefore to send him as soon as I see how things go with me and I am confident in the Lord that I myself will come soon. Okay, we've, we've, we've touched on this a bit. But the point I want to make is that Timothy has got proven character. And the, the word in Greek, dokime, which is defined as the experience of going through a test with special reference to the result. So, you know, ultimately it's the result that counts, isn't it? You know, we can go through... Uh, a test or an experience, but ultimately, if, if, if the result, you know, is not there, we haven't really passed the test. There has to be a defined point where you say you've passed, you know, and Timothy has proven character. He had developed a, a, a proven special relationship through suffering and hardship with Paul, and this had been demonstrated over the years. He had solid character. You know, to emphasize this point, the noun is dokemion and is used Peter uses this in, 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 uh, in, his, um, in his letter, chapter 1, where he says, it's, it's, he kind of compares it to being gold, being refined and tested. Talking about trials, Peter says, these have come so that your faith of greater worth than gold, which perishes even though refined by fire, may be proved genuine and result in praise, glory and honor when Jesus Christ is revealed. So that refining process is is so powerful, but it's it's almost like our the, the whole purpose of this, the whole aim of the whole aim of this is that our character is refined, not for our benefit, but to give God the glory. Because ultimately, you know, we come and go, but it's it's it's, it's God's glory that we're looking to reveal here. Um, 
And, and, and both Paul and, and Timothy have been through this refining process through their experiences. And over the years, they've been through times where they've, they, 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 they've loved each other. They, they, they show unity in the face of persecution. And yet, they've come through. No wonder Paul can say to Timothy, I trust you. I'm going to send you. I trust you. Timothy had served with Paul like a son with a father in the ministry. And Timothy submitted to and learned from Paul. And so, as we said, you know, Paul, Paul trusts Timothy to send into the church that he cared for so much. Do you think, you see, gifting is great. Being gifted is a wonderful thing, but it, it, it can bring temporary success. But it's the integrity of a person which really enables them to have long-term commitment. I think with gifting, what can happen is, is that we can rely on the gifting. It can be impressive, but ultimately, um, gifting can come and go, and, but it doesn't necessarily build the integrity we need. Integrity comes out of proven service. It comes out of faithfulness and commitment, and that's, that's hard. But ultimately, God cannot be mocked. We reap what we sow, and um, character takes time. It's not an overnight thing, is it? It takes time to have proven character, and there will be times of disappointment. You know, I think of, of, you know, Paul's disagreements and, and frustrations with some of the people that came along with him. You know, there were people that came and went. But ultimately, Timothy proved faithful. Praise God for Timothy. So, in, with regard to our, my second point, character, what are our motives? Are we still looking for self-interested gifting? Maybe we desire flattery. But integrity passes the test, no matter what the cost. Integrity passes the test. Let us seek the Lord. Let us seek proven character. Proven character. So, we really looked at Timothy, and we know that Paul fully trusts him, and will send him with full recommendation. But what about this this character, Epaphroditus, who appears. Let's remind ourselves again of him. But I think it necessary to send back to you Epaphroditus, my brother, fellow worker, and fellow soldier, who is also your messenger, whom you sent to take care of my needs. So Epaphroditus comes from the Philippian church. Now to the Philippians, he's a messenger, he's a carer. They've sent Epaphroditus to care for Paul's needs. He's a caregiver. You go and look after Paul. We've not, we, 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 we long, we still care. Paul, Paul says later, you, you can't give me any other help, but you've given me this guy. But to, the, but to the Philippian church, Epaphroditus is sent as a messenger and a carer. But to Paul, he's so much more. Paul uses quite strong words to describe. He says, brother. Fellow worker, fellow soldier, the interpretation of what Epaphroditus has done to Paul is very different than maybe even the Philippian church intended in the first place. To Paul, Epaphroditus is to be honoured because he almost died for the work of Christ. Paul recognises that he had a sacrificial heart and he asked the church at Philippi to honour him and welcome him. So, so here's the thing, here's what I see in this passage is that Epaphroditus has gone out um, He's, he's, he's initially fulfilled what was asked him, so he's probably given Paul some physical care and help, 
and possibly some money and some assistance, and he's gone to serve him. And then it all goes a bit wrong, really, because he gets ill. He gets ill, and he almost dies. Now, in the world's eyes, some would argue that he's a failure, to be quite frank. He's been sent out on mission. He's, he's done the bare minimum initially, and then he's got ill. And, you know, you can almost argue he's almost a burden to Paul. And the world would say, well, that wasn't very successful, was it? It was a bit, bit, of, a, bit, of, bit of a damp squib. You know, I'll send him back. He's, he's almost died. What's going on here? You know, let's, let's have someone else. But it's Paul's reaction here which impresses me. Because Paul could have, could have <laughs> he's in prison. He could say, oh, this is, this is not ending. This is not what I want. But, you know, I love Paul's reaction. Paul says, no, 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 he's a brother. He's a fellow worker, a fellow soldier. Honor him. I send him back to you. He, he, he cares for you. He's so worried about you. He, he's worried about what you're going to think. I, I, I don't want to bring sorrow upon sorrow. You know, I'm going to send him back. But when, don't, when, he, when he arrives back, you know, don't say, oh, you were so ill. How disappointing. Say, you know, we love you. We love you, Epaphroditus. You know, you come with Paul's full blessing and recommendation. You know, Paul calls you a brother, a fellow worker, a fellow soldier. Honor him. He really wants to build Epaphroditus up and say, look, even though you got sick and you almost died, God is faithful. He restored you. God is good. God is so faithful that he restored Epaphroditus to bless, go back and bless the Philippian church. But it just, you know, Paul, Paul, Paul was in a place of extreme weakness and suffering. So for Epaphroditus to die would have just been, oh, just too much. And God, God is, is so faithful. He restores Epaphroditus to full health so that Paul is blessed and encouraged, and so is the Philippian church. Paul, um, so Epaphroditus was sent by the Philippians to provide Paul with that message, but, you know, it, as I said, he's so much more. And the question to us is, you know, we can send a message to someone. We might give money. We might, we might provide a gift. We might send a message. You know, we can do what is asked of us, and we can, we can have a faithful heart in that. But ultimately, um, do we have a sacrificial heart? What is our motive? Is it just a do minimum? Are we a do minimum person? Or are we saying, actually, I want to do this because I want my, f- I want my righteousness to exceed that of the Pharisees. Yeah? But wh- what, is it, what is it that I can do? Wh- when, you know, when Jesus says, you'll, I'll tell you the truth, your righteousness needs to exceed that of the Pharisees. What is Jesus saying there? I think he's talking a little bit about this sort of thing. He's saying, you know, I can give, I can do this, I can, I, can, I, can, I, can, I can do things that are asked of me, but what more am I going to do? What, what can I ask God today in prayer that I can do that will go beyond the expectation? What can I do today this week? How can I, Lord, show me something, just one thing, and that doesn't have to be massive. Do, do what you can do, but ask the Lord this week, ha- show me something I can do that goes beyond the do minimum. Show me something that you, you, you know I can do within my, within my limitation, with in, 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 f- in your faithfulness, that will give me an, an enough in your resources just to, just, to, just to have a sacrificial heart to bless someone else. What can I do? God is faithful. He will restore us. He will restore us to bless, our, to bless each other and to bless the church. We are to be mutually encouraged. What is our motive? 
Is it do minimum? Can we see the bigger picture? Lord, give us a sacrificial heart that opens the door in faith for much, much more. Let us be expectant and see what God will do. Let's pray now through those three things in our in our hearts and just be just be still for a couple of minutes and just reflect on them and I'll just pray that we can um just be open to God as we as we soak this morning. Let's also be open to the word and, and just what we can receive from you, the Lord. Father God, we do thank you for um this passage in, in Philippians that talks of the character, integrity and refining process that has led Timothy and Epaphroditus to a place of being used by you, true servants of the gospel. Father, I pray that you would give us a shepherding heart to care for close friends, those who are very dear to us, but also, Lord, the church, to care for and have a shepherding heart, Lord, not looking out for our own self-interests, but the interests of others. Lord, help us all to know that, Lord, we are called in part to be shepherds and carers. And that leads us on, Lord, to a closer relationship with you. Father, also help us, I pray, to know that proven character comes from the refining process. Father, Lord, show us anything that holds us back. Show us things in our lives, Lord, that hold us back from going through the refining process. Help us not to be scared of it. We embrace it. We come to you and say, Lord, refine us. Is that easy? No. But we trust you because we know at the end there is eternal life. But there is also the, the refining uh, power of, your in, of, of being people of integrity. And that blesses and honors uh, us and the church. Show us, Lord, your way and put us in situations where our character is refined, even if difficult. And Father, I pray that you will give us a servant heart, a heart that says, Lord, even when we feel failure, even when we feel disappointment and shame. Lord, you are faithful, and you will lift us out of the pit. We trust you. You are the faithful God. Help us to know this morning that we are not failures, that even though we might feel it sometimes, especially when ill or sick or underwhelmed, by but actually, God, when we trust you, we are recommended. You are our recommendation. We are more than conquerors in Christ. And so I pray this morning, Lord, that we would know that our hope, our faith, our trust is in you, and we are servants of the Most High. Give us that attitude, I pray, and show us this week, and give us confidence to step out for you. In Jesus' name, amen.